Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 68, gentlemen. Another week is in the books, week 12. Some teams are on the right path. Some teams appear to be on the wrong path. How was your week 12 viewing experience and Thanksgiving? Two for one, Max. It was awesome, man. I mean, I thought those Thanksgiving, I mean, we all know I love the Thanksgiving football games. Those games were awesome. Um, all within one score or a close game other than the Dallas game, but pretty good. I'll popcorn to JB. <laughs> I missed uh, I missed the Thanksgiving episode, and it was for good reason. My my grandmother from Kentucky came in town. Haven't seen her in a long time, and really got to spend some quality time with her. So it, it was worth missing the pod, but I definitely miss you guys. Um, but I've been doing a lot of golf recently. I've been doing a lot of golf. I've been playing a lot of golf, or at least trying to. And God, that, that is the hardest sport I, I've ever attempted to play. I will say that firsthand. I don't know about you guys, but golf is extremely hard. Man versus man. Dude, man versus ball. Can't get that thing in the air. <laughs> I am by no means good at golf. My baseball swing goes to the golf swing, and I just slice everything. So I'm going to have to unlearn that one day so I can hit the links with uh, some clients in the future. Yeah, All right, we have a great show for you guys today. Uh, we are going to be having reports from around the realm back. Uh, Max is going to be taking us through a couple segments that he created on his own, and then we're going to have crystal ball and find ourselves on the backside of this episode in week number 13 of the NFL season. It's crazy. It's going by. You're going to blink your eyes and it's going to be the playoffs already. Uh, but before we get into our episode, I did want to thank our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. They have daily fantasy as well as season-long best ball teams. We have had a long-time partnership with Underdog here on the podcast and absolutely love what they're able to do for us, uh, not only supporting our podcast, but what they're able to do for our listeners in creating all these different leagues. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, MONARCHY, and you can use that code to get a $100 free deposit match in bonus cash monarchy m-o-n-a-r-c-h-y on the underdog app let them know that we sent you before we get into reports i completely forgot that we usually do a little pop culture intro take i wanted to ask everyone with the christmas season finally approaching what's your favorite christmas movie or holiday movie depending we don't judge well peter the hol- uh, the christmas holiday season's been uh, going for about 30 days now uh, so false that is the worst take i've ever heard uh no no the worst take is that you think you're going to win a championship either that's not going to happen um but my favorite christmas movie if you're a long-time listener you know it it's the polar express it just freaks me out max the the animation style it's it's a little too uncanny for me I am a big supporter of the Polar Express. I have not watched that one yet, although I've gotten to the Christmas movies. I always save that one for pretty close to Christmas Day because I like that one so much. Um, but my favorite, though, is 
pretty much my whole life has been the Santa Claus has come into town, the the old yeah. animated ones. The stop um, motion, right? Yeah, the stop I'm motion ones. One. I, I absolutely love those. Um, but since I moved away from Cleveland, um, A Christmas Story, that has evolved into one of my favorites because I've been to that house where they shot that movie down in uh, downtown Cleveland. So when I watch the movie, I can picture being back in Ohio. So it's it's a it's a nostalgic thing for me now. We, we miss you here, JB. We really do. You got to come back. I know. I, I miss the land. I really do. And uh, Swenson's, anyone working at Swenson's or anyone owning Swenson's just or, or just Swenson's as a bean. I, I miss you so very much. Galley boy, I miss you so very much. It, we will reunite one day. And it will be beautiful. Super producer. Favorite Christmas movie. I think uh, I'm going to go with the original 1964 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. And that one's a classic to me. I love it. Oh, yeah. Eat Miser. Oh, yeah. All day. All day. <laughs> Super producer, that is my favorite movie as well. I actually got a text today from my dad, and it was a picture on the television of him watching it right now. And it was him and my mother watching the movie. And they sent it to me, and they said, sorry, we're watching without you. So, mom, dad, I know how you feel about me now. Thanks. Couldn't Jeez. wait a couple more weeks. That's cold. I know. I didn't know. have it to was, tell you. I know. I love the humble bumble. He's my guy. <laughs> him and uh, him and Yukon uh, Cornelius. Those are my two favorite characters. Yukon Cornelius. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. Um, well, one, Lori and Mike. I'm glad you guys are watching without Peter. He deserves to watch by himself. <laughs> I was going to compliment both you and JB. JB looks like he got a fresh new cut. I like it. It looks very good, JB. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And Peter, you guys obviously can't see video. Peter shaved his beard. Um, Nick C, I think we're going to have to do a graphic of Peter with that mirror selfie <laughs> as our episode. <laughs> Peter, it looks good. JB, hair looks good. Thank you. Thank you. I wish mine looked good, but I needed to restart the beard. So it, it'll eventually come back into fold in a couple of days. So it won't That's be right. beardless Peter for too long. Yeah. You just hit the fountain of youth real quick, you know, hit that shave, go look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know, I am young. I'm, I know I'm working all the time and I feel old sometimes, but I'm young. So there you go. 24. I'm in my officially in my mid twenties. How disgusting. Let's get into reports though, before I start thinking existentially too much first letter that we received alan robinson is placed on season-ending injured reserve the rams are a shit show for all the young people in the audience we're not trying to curse what are you what are your opinions on alan robinson moving forward next year knowing that stafford most likely will be back sean mcveigh is up in the air and they have zero picks to reinforce that team I don't know. I had really, really high expectations for him, but I just don't think you can count on him much next year. I think he's a great buy low candidate. Um, I really think you could probably get him for a third, just given his age and what he did this year. I don't know if you guys think you could get him for a third, but I'd pay a third. Yeah. I mean, for anyone going for it next year, the, I mean, probably not the year after that, but yeah, if you could scoop him up for a third, which I, Come rookie draft season after this year and people looking at the stat sheet and remembering it, having such a bad taste in their mouth, like they could get excited about some rookie that's going to be there in the third round. And I think you can make that switch. So kind of 
you know, if you're going for it, I think he could be a good piece at the end of your bench with that team resetting, getting cut back, getting Stafford back, just getting everyone healthy again. Um, I, I think they'll be much better than they were. Uh, they have been this season. So, yeah, I think it's worth a third round pick for those that are going to go for it next year and just need some depth. So would you liken him this upcoming season to somebody that we saw move teams like Robert Woods, how he's on Tennessee now? And he's not providing you that upside that you absolutely need to win league, but he's that extra depth piece where, you know, more likely than not, you won't get completely blanked. And he's that, you know, smash in case of emergency. I would view him very similarly to kind of how we were viewing Russell Gage come into this season, mm-hmm. maybe just a depth piece that, like you said, break glass, you can maybe get 10 points out of them or 12 points out of them on any given week. It's gonna be tough to pick those spots, but I, I think that's how I would value him, which probably, you know, middle to the back end of the third round come rookie draft season. All right, let's move forward from here. I don't have many topics on Allen Robinson outside of what's already been said. Let's move on. Elijah Mitchell to miss six to eight weeks with an MCL sprain. I really bet they wish they had Jeff Wilson right now. Too bad they traded him away. So we have McCaffrey, um, who is completely banged up right now with, uh, what did the doctors call it, Chase? Or what did the, uh, the Niners call it? It was uh, from Matthew Betts. Um, he thinks that it is patellar tendonitis based on the strap that he was wearing during the game. It's a brace below his kneecap. Um, which is covering the patellar tendon. So patellar tendonitis is what they think it is. Patellar tendonitis, say that 10 times fast. So Elijah Mitchell is out for an extended period of time, 100%. Christian McCaffrey is battling and he's fighting his demons on the field, the injury bug as per usual with his career so far. What is this Niners backfield going to be looking like by the time the fantasy playoffs come around? And if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, and or holder, what are you doing to secure your fantasy playoffs? I mean, I think a lot of leagues, the trade deadline's already passed. Um, I generally do think CMC will be good to go for playoffs. I, I, I know we see, we've seen it every year, lingering injuries, yes, this and that. Um, the only thing that really worries me isn't really CMC's health. It isn't really the lack of depth in the backfield. It's just how many mouths start to feed there. Ayuk's been doing really, really well this year. Debo's going to get his feed. Kittle has his games. McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, Jimmy G has an off game. Um, and honestly, their defense, they, they are a stellar stout defense and they're going to be winning a lot of games. So it's like, oh, they're going to throw to George Kittle, IU, this, this, and that. So I'm not worried about McCaffrey. I'm just worried about the mouse to feed. I think McCaffrey, I mean, you're going to start him week in or week out. There's no trade deadline. So you can't get off the boat right now if you want to unless your trade line deadline's still around and then maybe figure out where you're at because i still think you could probably get a pretty good bag for christian mccaffrey but think about long term him being on that 49ers team and maybe a full off season next year i mean i think we'll be Ryan right back into mccaffrey but i think this is really big for debo honestly who's been just kind of mid-tier all season and i think with mccaffrey's going to be banged up and mitchell is out of the uh, the picture i really think debo's rushing work that we've we've seen it at times this season and then it's disappeared at times like this most previous week he only had two carries in this game um three the week before and four the week before that like i i think we start seeing six seven eight carries a game and especially down there in the red zone because i mean 
Shanahan knows it. We know it. He can get the job done when it's they're 10 yards out. Like there aren't too many people out there that want to go tackle Debo Samuel. So I think this is a really big boost for him. And I think Debo's ready for a, a really big stretch run uh, for the playoffs. So JB, what do you think about Jordan Mason as a waiver wire pickup? Let's say you're somebody like me who's been holding that number one waiver forever to make sure that I get my guy when that eventually happens. And I have McCaffrey. Would you be willing to spend a top tier waiver in a dynasty league to go get a guy like Jordan Mason to secure your backfield? Yeah, I, I think so. I think especially anyone that's a 49ers running back. I mean, this was this was Elijah Mitchell last season. I mean, it was just a lot earlier in the season, but guys went down in front of him and here was this no name running back that we really didn't know much about, just like Jordan Mason here. Yeah, you spend that number one waiver claim last season. I mean, you could have turned Mitchell into a first round pick at one point. Like I, I traded a first round pick to get Mitchell for the stretch run. So yeah, I think he's absolutely worth um, the number one waiver prio. And if CMC were to go down, I'm, I mean, pretty much anyone can step into this 49ers backfield and be relatively successful. So another break glass uh, kind of guy that you could stash. Matt, any comment? I just I wouldn't waste the number one waiver claim on him. I mean, let's just say CMC goes down, you're not going to get that production. It's just going to be another like Chuba Hubbard or another guy like that when CMC went down in Carolina. So I don't I don't think it's worth it. You're not gonna unless you're really desperate. It's not worth it. All right, let's keep moving forward. I'm gonna take myself out of the conversation for the next uh, two topics because it is heavily Jets like influenced and my bias will completely show through. So Nick, see if you could fill in for me here. Mike White came out, looked great. What is the outlook for Elijah Moore moving forward as, you know, he was left to die by many fantasy owners and Garrett Wilson. What is, what is his outlook with Mike White? I'll kick us off. I'll talk about Elijah Moore. I'll let one of you guys talk about Garrett Wilson. I think Elijah Moore is still just a guy. Um, he played on, oh, 100%, Peter. He played on, he had two catches uh, for 64 yards and played 35% of the snaps. Um, I don't see it in him. I think he's going to need to leave the Jets and his career to be resurged. Two catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. It's not it for me on 35% of the snaps, not bought in at all. Yeah. I mean, for Elijah Moore, I, I still think he's very much a long-term prospect. He's still 22 years old coming out of old miss. I mean, I loved him in dynasty still do. So, I mean, when the trade deadlines open back up and you can acquire him for a mid second round pick in your leagues where Peter's not there and has him on lockdown, like go do that because Elijah Moore, I mean, his rookie season led that team in receiving showed a lot of different statistical things that we, we really want to see um, really show that he could be a target hog. But speaking of target hogs, I mean, Garrett Wilson is, he's the real deal. Tokyo drift. We loved him Dude, as a podcast. He hit, the, he hit the Tokyo in front of me. I was at the game. I was in my seats. He yeah. hit the Tokyo right in front of me. He, he just stopped and just completely shifted. Yeah. And that guy just, oof. yeah. Life comes at you quick when you're trying to cover Garrett Wilson. I mean, this go, dude's go a rookie. Tokyo. Yeah, and he's racking up all kinds of targets. Mike White, I think maybe let's chill out a little bit because I do, you know, last year he started out really hot and then they gave him another start and he just kind of pooed the bed. But, you know, maybe he meets somewhere in the middle and I think that's great for Garrett Wilson. I think anyone other than 
uh, Zach Wilson is good for Garrett Wilson, kind of like any other quarterback except for Baker Mayfield for DJ Moore. I mean, anything's an upgrade um, from just bottom of the barrel quarterbacks. So Garrett Wilson, real deal. He's got a great stretch run here. Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville. They're going to be trailing in a lot of these games. They're great matchups. So I, I'm ready to, you know, if you're competing, you have him on a team. I'm, I'm trying to find ways to get him in my starting lineup because I think he can put up some points. Yeah. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I was going to say like anyone other than Zach Wilson and these guys, especially Garrett Wilson is going to have a huge upgrade and we'll see what it looks like going forward because I mean, Peter can maybe speak to this more so, but there are still plans to have Zach Wilson in the backfield there as the starting quarterback. So maybe in a lot, like in a dynasty format next year, it, it might still be Zach Wilson. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty hard for me to get excited about these uh, Jets wide receivers, probably especially Elijah Moore. Uh, Garrett Wilson has shown that he can even do it with Zach Wilson. So there's that. But at moving forward, it will yeah. be interesting to see how it plays out. This is all I'll say about uh, their commitment to Zach. Probably the most trusted source. He's never gotten anything wrong, um, even more than. Adam Schefter, you know, Schefter fires off a million bullets a year. He'll miss one or two. Jay Glazer shoots like eight bullets at the most, and he hits on all eight. And he said that the Jets are, their fears that Zach Wilson is done. He, there is no going back, and he is a depreciating asset on their roster. So, mm. More likely than not, they'll probably trade him this offseason for like a second round pick. Um, just let him have a fresh start and the Jets go and either get Jimmy G, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, somebody in the free agent class to hold it down. Or if Mike White can uh, solidify himself, they'll probably roll with Mike White next year and spend that money somewhere else. So I think, you know, Mike White long term. It wouldn't surprise me if he did end up being the guy because especially looking ahead to next year, depending on what they do trade wise or I don't know, in the draft or whatever, I don't know. But I mean, solid comes from that 49er system where they had Jimmy G running that system forever. And he's just a game manager like that team wants to run the ball. And when they have Brees Hall next year, they get Michael Carter back. I mean, this team. They can they want to ground and pound and win. So Mike White just being a game manager and Salah said it. I saw a quote from him. Mike White makes the easy look easy. Like he just gets the job done. These little dump downs, these little screens, uh, little outbreaking routes just to move the chains. Like he just hits those. So it really wouldn't surprise me if he just game managed his way through the rest of this season and they're out on Zach that he ends up being a Jimmy G in this league, a game manager and a a good professional quarterback that can stabilize some weapons yeah. like we we just saw with Garrett Wilson. If Mike White can produce a B minus quarterback season, yep, for the rest of the year, Zach will not see the field yep. at all. I agree. All I agree. they need is a game manager, and that defense will win games for them. Um, let's move on to the next talking point. Don, I think his name is Zonovan Bam Knight, Jets running back. Came in last week, undrafted free agent. James Robinson was a healthy scratch. Uh, I think Joe Douglas just realized he, you know, ended up giving a pick for a guy who had zero burst. He was just done. So he said, okay, let's give this guy a chance. And he showed out. Michael Carter got hurt eventually at some point in that game. So Bam Knight carried the load, looked really good. 
uh, in person, he was really popping, cutting. That offensive line for the Jets is a little bit worn down. It's not the best version of that line that we've seen, and give it that it was the Bears. But I do think Bam Knight looked very good. There's a chance that he could not become the featured back in this offense, but become a part of that split workload over James Robinson. Any comments on picking him up in Dynasty now and using a waiver wire on him, or would you wait to see if he clears? I don't think he's going to clear. I do think someone's going to like bite the bullet and be like, hey, I'm, I want this guy. I mean, honestly, you're getting a guy. If you're not in the playoffs, it's not worth it. Brees Hall's the guy there. Um, even if you are in the playoffs, I still think he's just a, a handcuff, and we'll talk about those later on. Yeah, I, I heard a quote about how they were looking for a one-cut runner in this offense, and uh, Robinson wasn't getting that done. Carter, he does a little bit of dancing behind the line. You know, he's a scat back. He's looking for opportunities yep. to catch passes. So I think they, for the rest of the season, I think they found a one-cut runner that they like. And I wouldn't be surprised if they use him down the stretch, but I mean, you're never ever going to feel confident <laughs> down the stretch starting him in any capacity. So I really don't have that much interest. All right, let's move forward. Marquise Brown. This is your guy, Jace. Another one. Uh, he out targeted Hop eight to six this past week. There were always concerns about Hopkins when. Marquise Brown would come back, whether or not they would be true, that was to be found. But after one week, and again, one sample size isn't the full trend of a player, it does look like he's out targeting him. Any comment on Kyler's cod buddy out targeting the old man Hopkins? <laughs> I think it's definitely interesting. I think for dynasty purposes, if you invested in him uh, this offseason, I, I think you're being rewarded with this first game, knowing that. Hey, Hop is definitely getting older, but even the fact that he's not showing signs of decline still looks like the old D Hop. And then the first game back, Marquise Brown off of injury, he goes out and out targets the guy. So I think moving forward in the future, when Hop does get to his cliff, um, if he ever moves on from that team, whatever happens, I mean, you know, Marquise Brown is locked and loaded as a wide receiver one. So really excited. I know he played a lot from the slot this week with Rondale Moore missing. So it's going to be interesting to see when Rondale Moore, um, they have a tight end involved Marquise Brown and D hop, what that offense looks like with all those guys healthy and active. But I, I mean, I'm all over Marquise Brown. I think as a competitor, you should still be excited about Deandre Hopkins because now they're using him deep down the field. I mean, Marquise Brown had more catches and more targets, but he got out yardaged. Uh, by D hop. So they're using him to stretch the field and make explosive plays. And if uh, you know, he's going to have some big ceiling games, catching a lot of bombs and um, being a heavy focus in the red zone. So um, I think both guys can succeed and I wouldn't panic on D hop and I wouldn't get overly excited about Marquise Brown because D hop is still, um, if you saw his, the catch that he made this past week, you know, he's still the hall of fame caliber wide receiver that he is. Absolutely. Max. No, I agree. I mean, I own Hopkins in a couple leagues where I'm competing and it worries me a little bit, but at the same time, what worries me more is I just don't believe in Kyler Murray. I, I watched him and I was on a plane coming back from Atlanta and that was the only game on really. And he just doesn't impress me week in and week out. And I know Jace, you're really high on Marquise Brown. I'm high on Hopkins as a competitor, but long-term just moving forward, I think Something seriously needs to change there in Arizona. I mean, obviously, they're going to get a new running back. They're probably going to fire Cliff Kingsbury. A lot's going to change, so we'll see if Marquise Brown can still be this guy. 
Um, you're a lot higher than on him than most, though, I would say. Yeah, me in particular, I, I do think Marquise Brown is very skilled, and it's going to be dependent on what happens in Arizona. But let's play a little uh, what-if game. You guys want to play a what-if game with me? Sure. Okay, let's say that Marquise Brown, you know, when he has a full healthy year, finished as like the wide receiver 18. I think that's fair. That's 18, fair. 19, 20, somewhere in that range. Cliff Kingsbury gets fired. He gets the can. And, you know, I won't say it is going to be this guy, but a guy like Eric Bieniemy or like a offensive-minded head coach goes there with a great pedigree. Where does he move in your rankings? Still being under like 27. I mean, for me, Marquise Brown, like in Dynasty, I mean, I have him up there really high. Like not, I have him in the top 15 for sure, if not getting close to top 12. Wow. I mean, Crazy, when you bro. his first six weeks with the Arizona Cardinals, points in half point PPR, he was the wide receiver six. DeAndre Hopkins has been good this season, but he's old. Like the cliff comes fast and it comes out of nowhere. And, you know, Marquise is locked in there for a long time. Kyler's locked in for a long time. And by the time he's 27 years old, let's say, Hopkins is out of the picture. That connection is two years stronger. I mean, I think Marquise Brown could easily put up a top five season like he was doing at the beginning of this season. Um, Kyler might not be a winning quarterback in real NFL football, but fantasy-wise, he can sustain weapons, and he sustained multiple top five seasons with DeAndre Hopkins and was on that pace with Marquise. So I'm all in on them long-term. Max, you look disgusted for our I, audience at home. Let me hear. I am, man. I'm looking at this guy. He's <laughs> fourth year in the league. Jace is so high on him, bro. I mean, finishes, again, he played with Lamar, but he was still a high draft pick coming out, I feel like, right? Am I correct? AB's cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he was a – Go on. He he was definitely a top draft pick, and I, I don't think he played up to that until the first six games of this season. I mean – he he was the real deal, and that was just his first six games in a new system with a new quarterback. So, I mean, with his speed, Kyler's arm, I, I think he's pretty easily supplanted in my top 12 wide receivers for Dynasty. I probably wouldn't put him in my top. He'd be like 20 to 24 for me. I Ooh, think that's there. That's I, criminally see, These low. are the two extremes. No, these no. are two extremes. Max, yeah, yeah. you can meet in the middle. Hear me out. No, he's not a top 18 receiver for me, even 16. He had okay, yes, he had some he had a very favorable schedule this first couple games, playing Kansas City, Vegas, the Rams, and Carolina, who are all very easy passing defenses. Um, he only scored over a hundred yards, not scored, only had over a hundred yards one time in those six games, was averaging probably around 60 to 70 yards. He caught some touchdowns, which helped, and was being peppered with targets. Obviously, Hopkins could leave, yes, this, this, and that. But he hasn't done anything in his career. And to put him at a top 12 wide receiver when we have guys like DJ Moore, for example, who's literally put up 1,000 and 1,100 yards every year, year in, year out, is at the same age as him and is regarded as like a top 30 receiver, whereas this guy has finished as wide receiver 44, 31, 22. I get he's been hurt this year. He's smaller build. I don't like Kyler Murray. I don't like the system. I don't like him. Max, tell me how you really feel about that. I actually, jeez. 
I'm Jace. I love that you're super high on him. It is. It makes it so easy to just be like, all right, I don't have to trade for this guy. I don't have to see him at anything because your value for him is probably a first plus. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay a first for him. I, I know multiple people first. that That's would. Crazy. I've seen, I've that had multiple firsts in my inbox. Throughout. First? Uh, no, not a 23, but I've had 24 plus thrown around at me. And I, I mean, I'm not taking it. He showed what he could do. That he was is... a top six wide receiver, mm-hmm. his first six games of this season. I mean, this, he scored three touchdowns in six games too, which for a smaller guy, not, I mean, these weren't long bombs either. He's not relying on the big ball. I mean, he has shown in his time in the NFL, um, Granted, it's been in spurts at times, but even with Lamar, he's shown that he can be a huge target earner, a target getter, big separator with big time speed. I mean, for an offense that moves as fast as the Arizona Cardinals, they currently do. I mean, I I don't know. He put it on display the first six games, and I think everyone's uh, forgetting about that. And eight targets his first game back from injury after missing six, five weeks. I mean, that's no joke. Let's he move forward. Says, why does she were 26? Why does she oh, my God. He's not done. Those, not done. Oh, I think this guy's disgusting. I mean, okay, when you say he going. finished as this, those are total points accumulated. Points per game and looking at the context of different stretches, points per game finishes is much more revealing to me than just their overall finishes. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown was probably – wide receiver 34 last season I, you know but down the stretch he was a top five wide receiver and that's not reflected in overall fantasy finishes even the first six games he had three games where he had he was the wide receiver six and half it's... point ppr points per game i mean that's it's dominance even if gross he's disgusting i mean i will take that all day i don't know about you guys nick c and peter but if i'm getting the wide receiver six in points per game I'm feeling pretty good. I'm definitely feeling good. Hey, look, the, the beautiful thing about this is that we will eventually find out if Max is right or if Jason's right. Do we want to have a Waffle House bet? That no. I would love a Waffle House bet on this. No, no I am not taking a Waffle, doing House, Waffle bet. House bet with you again. Kenny G got hurt. You that argument pissed me off. This is gonna piss me off even more. Oh my gosh, I'm so tilted right now. Let's move on. We got uh, I knew all I had to say was that to get us back on track. Damian Pierce, 10 attempts in week 11, five attempts uh, this previous week. He hasn't scored in four weeks. What's going on in Texas? Fourth round running back, something we tried to tell you guys. Zero, basically zero invested in this guy. What's going on with Damian Pierce? Uh, what's going on is the Texans suck. They're Whoa. not they're Don't not take. winning games. They're not leading at any point. And there's just no need to run them. When they're down, I mean they're down 30 points to the Dolphins. They're not gonna play Damian Pierce. They're gonna play, I don't even know who is getting touches. Um, Dare Obanjabi got a touchdown from them. I mean, they're losing games, they're not running the ball, the volume's just not there. Honestly, this week I think Damian Pierce could be a really good start versus the Browns. Deshaun coming back. I think he starts off rusty, and I think it's a close game. Yeah, with with Damian Pierce, I think as a podcast, I mean, we were all telling everyone, if you can sell Damian Pierce for a 23 first, doesn't really matter where, like go cash in on that bag because he's the, he doesn't have the commitment. He's on a bad team that's still figuring things out. It's just long-term, this is a guy that in three years, if you know, we're like 
someone brings up the name Damian Pierce, like it wouldn't surprise me for all like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. And like, we've all forgotten about him by then. Not to say he's not a talented guy because he has been, I mean, the yards per carrier insane. Um, he's shown that he can do get a, you know, catch passes out of the backfield, but it's just, you know, no draft capital, bad team. I, the first moment where the trade deadline opens up again, he's close to first round value again. If you could sneak a 24 first from a, from an owner in your league that isn't so into college football and draft prospects and thinks, oh, that 24 class is so far away. Let me get this running back. Go get that 24 first. Just cash in. It's even if Pierce works out, the process of selling him for a first is right. Brock Bowers 101 in 2024. Get him ready. All right, let's move on. Traylon, your boy Jace, had his first touchdown. Am I am I reading that correct? He did. Derrick Henry fumble? He so, did. A weird way to get it. Weird way to get it, but you know Mike Rabel loved that. It was Traylon followed Henry all the way down the field. The ball got popped out, and Traylon hopped on it, and they, they finished off the big play. So weird way to get your first NFL touchdown, but the past two weeks, I mean – Traylon, he's been showing up and he still isn't playing the full complement of snaps. I think he's in the 60 range right now. Um, but when he's we'll been on the field, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Mike Vrabel and that team, they, they play very unfriendly fantasy football. Like they play fo- football. That's very unfriendly to fantasy football for pretty much anyone except for Derrick Henry, but um, that's what's working for them right now. So they're going to stick with it. But in the future, Everything that Traylon's showing us, underlying numbers, showing us that he can make big plays. I mean, some of these catches he's put on display the past two weeks are it's what we saw at Arkansas. The dude can stretch the field, make big contested catches, and we know what he can do out of the backfield and just catch and run wise. So once that trade deadline opens up again, I hope he kind of just keeps things where it's at, just keeps showing these flashes because I would love to buy into him because I think he could be a freak and really win you some weeks in the future. I think this Titans team would beat and win every single Super Bowl from like Super Bowl one to like Super Bowl 20. Mm-hmm. Just like the ultimate ground and pound tackle with the tackle machine. The corners can't, they can barely play. It's just like, okay, fill the box. Let's Absolutely. go tackle everyone and let's go run for 200 yards. Absolutely. Vrabel gets, I mean, trailing when he got drafted there, I was so excited because he's just such a big, like nasty, hardworking dude. It's just perfect for Vrabel. So I'm excited to see who in the future they have to fill Derrick Henry's shoes and see if they can find some thumper coming out of college to back him up. Very, very interesting. But yeah, so Traylon's last two weeks, seven receptions for 111 yards, four receptions for 70, and that hustle touchdown. You know, people say people are lucky because they work hard. That one is a lucky because they worked hard touchdown. 100%. So four receptions for 70 yards in that fumble recovery. Let's hope he can get his first receiving touchdown moving forward, Max. What's your opinions on Traylon? It's it's the same thing. I think we say this more on the podcast than anything. I mean, if he gets a quarterback, you know, DJ Moore uh, or Calvin Ridley, um, all these guys. Oh, Calvin got a quarterback, bro. Yeah, but Terry McLaurin, Jacksonville, Terry, yeah. All all these guys, if if they can get a quarterback, imagine, bro, if the Titans could get like a good quarterback. The guy is very talented. We've seen like a Kyler Murray. Or uh <laughs> no, no, I oh no, give me Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball over Kyler Murray. But um no, I'm I'm kidding there. Ryan Tannehill's bad. Um, but it just we've seen in spurts, like JB said, the guy's just an absolute playmaker. Um this week I do think he got a little lucky. He had like a 35-yard catch there. Not it was lucky. nasty though. It was a good catch, but that was half his yards. Um 
and a good good hustle touchdown. I was playing against him, so he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But overall, buy him now before they go out and be like, hey, we're a quarterback away from winning this. We're going to do it. All right, let's move on to Max's little segment he has got for us. Got two little segments here. So first one we're going to play is this or that. I give you a little jumbo mumbo of players or just one for one. So you guys ready? Yep. Super producer get in on this. Yeah, super producer gets in if there's a tie. And if not, super producer, I still want you in. Um, So Amon Ra or Jamison Williams and 201. Jamo, 201. Easy. That's not easy because – I think long term, I I got I'm on the Amon Ra over JMO side of things, but perception of value wise, I think I would take JMO and 201 and try to turn that into other things. But if I'm looking for the guaranteed thing for my team, give me Amon Ra. Super producer, break the break the tie. I go with Juicy. Juicy. Um, yeah, baby. And this is all in a vacuum, just so we know. Of course. Um, Deontay Johnson or 24 first? 24 first. Yeah, 24 first. Any projection on where the first is or it's up in the air? Let's We'll say late. I think that's a fair value. Right. Then that changes things. I might go Deontay. I think I'll take the 24 first regardless because even if it's projected late, I mean, so much stuff happens. Injuries happen, trades happen. I think I'll just take the first and then see where it lies. Deontay Johnson, I love him long-term because he's going to free up from the Steelers soon. He's shown he's a target earner, um, but he's got, you know, he's got to find the quarterback. And when you're dealing with guys like Terry McLaurin and these guys without quarterbacks, the younger prospect always ends up being worth more, even if they haven't done on the field. So I'll I'll still go 24 first. Okay. Next, he break the tie. Yeah, I'll probably just lean 24 first. All right. Um, this one I thought was pretty interesting. Um, DJ Moore, I try to take players from all of our teams so and kind of see where the value is, but also like these are some big names because we have some big names, obviously. Um, DJ Moore and 102 in this year's draft or CD and 110 in this year's draft? DJ Moore, 102. Oh, <laughs> that is a really tough one that's so hard without like specific players either um it's a vacuum yeah that's t- i think the value lies with dj Moore in 102 i think i'll go with cd and the 110 honestly you're not gonna get the Bichon. star tag i mean <laughs> yeah, sure I, cd's shown that he's an elite wide receiver one and Certainly. You're gonna get you're gonna get a like how how many more wins is Jameer Gibbs gonna get you over? I don't know who you're gonna get at 110, but it's still gonna be a solid probably running back. So sure, I, sure. I don't know. If Carolina gets a good quarterback out of this draft, and maybe DJ Moore finally gets that salve, because I think if DJ Moore were in CeeDee Lamb's shoes, I think DJ Moore would be I mean, blowing CD out and uh, maybe not blowing out, but I think DJ Moore is the better wide receiver. It'd be close for sure. Um, this is another one that I think is interesting. And I think value has changed over the couple of weeks here. Uh, Mark Andrews or Hawkinson in a 24 first. We'll call it mid. Mm. I, I, I think you got to give me Mark Andrews. I think he's just so 
so solid. And I'd just take the guaranteed thing. Hawk has shown some stretches, but it's still, it's, he doesn't have connection with anyone like Lamar or Mark Andrews have. Call me crazy, but I go Andrews. I'm with you. We're crazy together. Yep. Andrews. All right, Max. Jonathan Taylor or Javonta Williams in 106? Javonta in 106. Give me Taylor. JT for me. Um, Chavis Kelsey or a late 24 first? It depends on who I am, but in a vacuum, I'd rather have Kelsey. Yeah, I, I think I would. Oh, yeah, I think I would just ride with Kelsey. Um, AJ Brown or 103 and a mid to late 24 first? Mid to late 24 first. That's so that's a tough one. I mean, nah, I'll go with AJ Brown. I'll go with AJ Brown. I'll go with the picks. I take the picks too. Something I will say, you know, you know I'm a Philly ally, so I don't want to say this too loud. AJ Brown has not looked up to snuff in the midnight green of the Eagles. Scary. But I will give him a pass. Apparently, he's been violently ill the last couple of weeks, fighting some demons. He's lost seven pounds. So he's getting a pass for now. But if this continues the rest of the year, I'd be a little bit more nervous. I'll take the picks. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's fair value. Um yeah, I definitely think the value is there. That's that's tough. That's very tough. Yeah, I, th- I think all these have been honestly, they could go either way. Um, Jerry Judy or 223 seconds. We'll call one. Um, mid one mid to late and then a 24 second yeah jerry judy i still think russ turns it around i I just can't i can't get it in my head that he sucks because i've never seen him suck before so i agree judy i agree the seconds all day all day i take the seconds too um corlin sutton or a 25 first there's people paying 23 first just a couple of weeks ago. It's crazy. Yeah, it was Ooh. it was me. It was me. I I am people. Um <laughs> no, I think I would just I, I think I would take the 25 first and just get out from under it. I do think Cortland Sutton is going to be a huge regression candidate next season, though. One touchdown this season. That that there, there's no way that offense is that bad. So um, but I, I think that's probably the the earliest year you can probably get a first for him in at this point. All right. Give me Cortland Sutton. Wow. That's surprising, Peter. I'll take the first. I expected that one. I got three more here. Uh, 102 or Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews. Vacuum, value-wise, I think the pick has more value. But I would rather have Andrews. Mark Andrews for sure. Yeah, the way I look at that is, is there a tight end like at, that I could take at 102 to replace Andrews? I, I, I think, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> I, you know, Pitts was probably the only guy. Maybe you'd have, have, like, you'd have to have Peter's team and have Goddard. Um, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes. 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 We knew that one was coming next year. <laughs> um, one quarterback league, Patrick Mahomes or 105 in this year's draft? 105. There's Bad. so many good receivers. There, There is so many good receivers. Yeah. And I, so many good running backs. I yeah. can't. 
I think I would go 105 and then just go try to buy someone like a Trevor Lawrence or um, just a cheap someone cheaper with some more upside. Nixie's laughing. Nixie, it's one quarterback, bro. I'll still take Mahomes, bro. Oh my gosh. Mahomes, homies. Nixie's one of them. Nixie is one of them. A lot of good value in there. A lot of close ones for sure. We could tweet some of those out. I just wanted to run through a couple tips and tricks while I still have you guys here before we go into boom bust. Um, one, we talked about this last episode. Have another quarterback on your roster. Don't go in there with just one quarterback. I mean, it would suck to make it to the championship and have to play like, I don't know who's really that bad out there. Mike White. Mike White or Matt Ryan or someone just really bad. I was starting Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs last year. I wish I had another quarterback. Yeah, Um, bailed. Peter, I don't want to say I got bailed. I went all three rounds. You got bailed by a Travis Kelsey 40 bomb. No. Um. Moving on to my second point, a lot of people right now, they know if they're in the playoffs or if they're not. If you're not, you're obviously on the edge there. But start looking at defenses if you play with defenses. It's a huge advantage. We were talking about this in chat the other day, and it could win you leagues and weeks. Um, Right now in Dynasty, I obviously wouldn't waste a waiver on a defense. If you're hearing this on a Wednesday, waivers have already cleared probably. Um, but I would check the waivers after they went through. Options for week 15, first week of the playoffs. My favorite matchup is probably the Chiefs versus the Texans. The Texans suck, man. They suck. Um, the Vikings play the Colts. The Colts did not look good last week. That could be a scary game. And then also the Cardinals versus the Broncos. The Cardinals have a pretty solid defense, and Russ has just looked horrendous. Um, week 16, a lot of guys coming off that bye for the first week. Titans play the Texans, man. Um, that's a great matchup. The 49ers play the commies. I think Taylor Heineke has been way too hot and the 49ers defense has been so, so good. So look to see them. And this one I'm treading with some optimism with also some caution. Sorry. I'm talking a lot here. Jets versus the Jags, obviously the Jets defense, but be careful. This game's on a Thursday. And if the Jets defense doesn't hold up to its bargain, it could put you in a tough hole for week 16. Any comments so far? We mentioned this on the podcast. I want to say like five or six episodes ago. And we said, if you're going for it, lock your defenses in. I know Nixie and I have had our respective defenses ready for the playoffs for weeks and weeks and weeks. I think I've had my defense since week four. So I have the Jets uh, and the Rams interchangeable before the Rams kind of went to their complete collapse. But I'm fine playing the Jets all three weeks, 15, 16, 17, if I have to. Week seven, uh, week 15, they played Detroit. So it's not the end of the world. Yes, a high scoring team, but they don't have any complete receivers that'll burn them. Week 16, they played Jacksonville, which is a little bit scary on uh, Thursday night. But then week 17, they play Seattle. And I really don't see any of these quote unquote high scoring offenses being able to score against elite defenses. I've seen them shred average defenses when whenever they step up against an elite defense they haven't been able to do anything like that Seahawks opening night game when they played Mm -hmm. Denver's defense where they could barely score like they Mm -hmm. had a good like first couple drives but then it was just nothing after that yep yeah um one thing I'll throw out there too is the commander's defense been showing up as of late they get the Giants um here in week 13, they got a week 14 by, and then week 15, they get the Giants again. And by that time, Chase Young will be back. 
And that is a huge piece for a team that already stuffs the run pretty good. Um, and adding him to the pass rush is going to be big time. And the team, uh, they have ex- they have five interceptions over their last four games. They've also scored twice. They uh, accidentally screwed up one of my tanks in our Mike Vrabel league, um, but they're playing out of their minds right now, and they're probably sitting out there right now because no one is thinking about the commanders. They got something to play for too. Yes, that is another good point. Um, then the championship. I mean, this is obviously you play all year. You trade. You do everything. I mean, it is so nice to win a dynasty championship and. I hope everyone but Peter can experience this one day. I really do. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> my favorite matchups probably the Buccaneers versus the Panthers, man. I mean, the Bucs, we know what their defense entails Revenge. and what they're playing for. Revenge. Um, the, the Chiefs, again, I mean, the Chiefs are on here twice. They play the Broncos. Russ is so bad. Um, and then <laughs> the 49ers, the 49ers, again, on here twice. They play the Raiders. I think the Raiders have games where they hit and there's some games when Derek Carr looks worse than Russ. So just be careful. A lot of those guys, I mean, the 49ers, you're not going to find on waivers, but everyone else you could definitely find on waivers, especially the chiefs. So I think it's worth an ad. Um, And obviously Peter and Nixie, they got him queued up for a weird reason. I think Nixie, you had four defenses on your roster for a while there. Yeah, I did. And, it, it goes to your point, because, I mean, we even talked about it last year, mostly in our redraft league, um, because I there was a matchup where I had the Cowboys defense, and I think I played you, Max, going into the playoffs, and the Cowboys had, like, 20 points. <laughs> they, they, were, they were religiously scoring, like, 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Max, in our chat, it's like you can have the rest of your players do average. Like, if your players just show up and they lace on their sneakers – or their cleats, they're going to, I mean, you're going to win the game because right. I mean, you're just going to put up 120 plus. So, yep. yeah, I, I'm with it. And I will say for the stretch run, it will be worth it. Go familiar side, go familiarize familiar yourself. Size. <laughs> Dude, I just, I just threw that together. There's a new word. Uh, go familiar size yourself with uh, all the defensive players on these teams too. Cause I mean, in the past when I've been playing fantasy football, I don't know who any of these defensive guys are except for like the Jalen Ramsey's of the world, but you know, go look up some articles, like go look up who, what the strengths of these defenses are and who those guys are that make that side of the defense strong. Because I mean, in theory, you know, the Saints, they shouldn't be a good matchup for wide receivers. Marshawn Lattimore, he's been out for a very long time and they've just been getting scorched through the air. Uh, the Eagles, they look like run stuffers on paper, but they lose Jordan Davis and they give up a ton of yardage to running back. So go familiarize yourself with these big key players um, down the stretch, especially, you know, lockdown cornerbacks and safeties for your wide receivers and big um, D tackle so... run stuffers. So yeah, just check on those guys because you're it could look good on paper for you, but your defense, like especially the San Francisco 49ers, I want to bring them up specifically. They've been hurt all season long, banged up throughout all different parts of their defense. Make sure they're healthy because when they haven't been healthy, they've gotten scorched as well. So just go familiarize yourself. It'll be worth the extra effort. Absolutely. I mean, and honestly, like when you think about it and you think about everything that goes into a dynasty and this, this, and that. If I, if I told Peter in week seven, hey, Peter, I'll give you the San Francisco 49ers defense for a 24 first. I guarantee you that they'll get 20 points in every round of the playoffs. Peter would pay that. I, oh, I think. 100%. If I could guarantee that. Yeah. If you could guarantee that. I mean, easily. 
it's crazy and how big of a advantage it is because you're trying to win just different positions. You're trying to beat them at tight end. You're trying to beat them at defense. You get the point. Um, and then my last point, make sure you have the depth. This is the time to go get the handcuffs. I mean, obviously those guys like Madison, Pollard, Dylan, they're all rostered in dynasty. Um, but some guys like Jermichael hasty, I think he's a great pickup. If ETN yep, was to go 100%. down Dion Jackson, if JT goes down, Nixie, I'm just talking to you right now, my guy. Um, <laughs> so you give Nixie active advice on how to win, but you try to plot behind my back to make me lose. No, Peter, I would never do that, but <laughs> Travis Holden, you know, Kenneth Walker's been a model of consistency. You never know what that Seattle offense can do. Amir Abdullah, Peter, there you go. Um, and then honestly, probably my favorite handcuff that is out there, Matt Breida slash Gary Brightwell. Dude, if Saquon goes down, that Giants offense has nobody, and Matt Breida gets a lot of touches. He could be a flex play in a championship game and really honestly could win a league. I love it. So, and then my last point, my last point, other than Matt Breida, these guys can be huge not only for your team, but if Jace has Saquon and Nick C picks up Matt Breida, it blocks Jace completely from getting that waiver claim. It tears Jace's team down while building your team up a little bit. So it's not only helping you, it's taken away from your competitors. And that is the biggest thing that you need to do, the slow build. Love it. All right. Thanks, Max. Thank you for your insights. I, I think it's very important as we go into the season, we had Professor Max back on, try to shed some light on what it really takes to win a fantasy championship with these tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. And he, he just comment- did it last season. So he's, it's fresh off the memory. He was just there. And I mean, yeah, really good advice. All right, let's move into crystal ball. All right, Max, you were heated earlier about Marquise Brown. Jace was level-headed. Let's find a middle ground here <laughs> in boom, Boston, all come together. One happy family. Kumbaya. Super producer, pick our order for us. I'll go with Max, Peter, Jace. Just like uh, the intro. I believe that's oh, yeah. the order of the intro. Yeah, it is. Max, it is. let's go. I'm going to go with my boom of the week. It's pretty bold considering this player is coming off injury. Um, but I'm going with Jamar Chase. He plays the Chiefs. We were talking about this before the podcast, just how big of a game this is not only for the AFC, but also for high scoring. Um, There will be another player mentioned from this game that is a bust. And we all think that it's going to be fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. Who knows? Maybe they could run the ball. But the Chiefs' defense, their secondary specifically, gives up so many yards to receivers. And Joe Burrow has been not the best. He struggled kind of versus the Titans there, who also give up a lot of yards, only through one touchdown. But if you're going to compete with Patrick Mahomes, this guy who is literally, Nick C calls him an alien, the guy's an alien. He can just throw for four touchdowns, score so many points. If you're going to keep up with that, you're going to have to throw the ball. And who else is Joe Burrow going to throw it to than Jamar Chase? Um, I remember last year when these guys met in, I think it was the playoffs, Jamar Chase had like, I want to say 200 yards, something crazy. Yeah, wasn't that the 55 bomb that uh, Nixie unleashed on me in redrafts? It was um, week 17, so the championship. Last yeah. year, he played Kansas City. Jamar Chase had 
11 catches, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. Do we expect to do that again? No. But do I expect this to be a high-scoring shootout with a even worse Kansas City secondary losing the Honey Badger? Yes. I think Jamar Chase can easily put up 25 points and multiple touchdowns. So I'm going with Jamar for my boom coming off injury. I do like it, Max. I'm not a big Jamar Chase guy myself, but I I do enjoy it. I think KC, if there's one problem with the team, it's their secondary. So I I think that's a great way to target it. And they know they're going to have to unleash the ball to win the game. JB. Yeah. I mean, I'm, Wide receivers on the Bengals side, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, uh, firing them both up with confidence. Joe Burrow find, firing him up with confidence. I, you know, Burrow struggled against the Titans last week, which on paper is a g- good matchup for quarterbacks. But I will say since the bye week, the Titans have really actually turned it around in their secondary and been a tough matchup for people. So I'll cut them a bit of slack there, but I'm with you, Max. I mean, we, we, we talked about it pre-podcast. Whatever team tries to sit down and – uh, get their run game going and then they three and out or they get a first down and then they got to punt it like they're going to get boat raced and they're going to be in the back seat from the get-go so I think both of these teams right out of the shoot are just going to come out guns ablaze and then the over under at that game set at 52 I mean I'm still very much leaning over on that thing so uh, you know maybe the NFL is dead set against all of us and they're just setting us up for a big trap but I mean I really don't see how either of these teams avoid just chucking the ball as many times as they possibly can. All right, let's move to my boom. I know this might sound like a Homer pick. I've been forced to not give Homer picks. It's not Elijah, but it is his, his mate out there. The eight, not the eight ball. It is Garrett Wilson. Yeah. So Garrett Wilson has had like the quietest top 24 season for a rookie that I've ever seen. So he's currently wide receiver 21. So when he plays bad defenses, he has kind of not shown up before. But this is the stretch that if you are looking to make the fantasy playoffs and you're looking to make a deep surge in them and you have Garrett Wilson, this is where I'm going to be putting all my money. Chicago secondary stinks. He put up 24. But before that, the most amount of points he he put up in a game was 26 against Cleveland. That defense doesn't stink. But against Pittsburgh, he didn't put up much. Against Green Bay, he didn't put up much. Against Buffalo secondary, who is in a green on sleeper, even though I do think that they're better, he put up 14. He hasn't really put up elite, elite level production against bad defenses. But this week, he plays Minnesota, who is, I believe, 31st against the pass with Mike White at quarterback. The following week at Buffalo, and then against Detroit and Jacksonville, all of those are greened up. Uh, he'll probably face Tyreek Woolen uh, in week 17 for the fantasy championship. But we're just talking about this week at Minnesota, Mike White. That defense for Minnesota is not good. I think the Jets figure out a way to get Garrett Wilson the ball while simultaneously running and creating that play action down the field and letting him shake and bake. I see at least 16 points. I'm with you all the way. Um you know, Michael Carter's banged up the Minnesota Vikings while they can't, they can't guard anyone in the passing game. They can in the run game. That is where they are stout. That's where they beat people from the defensive side of things. So I think the jets 
with the running back room that they currently have right now at that offensive line, maybe needing some help, got some injuries going around. I think they're going to have to abandon the run pretty quickly. This Minnesota fight, the Minnesota Vikings, they can take off at a, at a moment's notice with Justin Jefferson and cook and all the guys that they got going. So I think they could be playing catch up. And if they are, I mean, Mike white, he makes the easy look easy and hitting a wide open Garrett Wilson's pretty easy. So um, I'm firing him up and I heard some debate about in redraft if you'd rather be starting Mike Evans down the stretch or Garrett Wilson and I think I mean I think I might roll with Garrett Wilson this 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 stretch down uh, this final stretch that he has lined up is really really juicy and down the stretch is when we see rookies take off the most so I'm firing him up with all the confidence in the world love that last comment JB I we do see rookies just completely pop uh, down the stretch but Peter I love the pick I think the logic is there. Mike White has nothing to lose. If they're going to hang with Minnesota, who can drop a lot of points? We've seen that. They're going to have to throw the ball, especially with banged up running back core. Um, Garrett Wilson's the guy, not he, Elijah, whatever you want to call him. That guy's dog. So, yeah, for my boom of the week, I got Trevor Lawrence. And if you've had Trevor Lawrence throughout this season, I mean, you would know. He's been putting up solid numbers. I mean, this season, very um sleepily and sneakily he's the quarterback 11 in points per game um and now he's uh drawing the matchup of the Detroit Lions which allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this season um I know Christian Kirk is going to be out for this one but the Zay Jones connection was real this past Sunday um they're coming off a game where they just beat the Baltimore Ravens you might say yeah here comes a big letdown game but the Detroit Lions I think are the salve for that I think Trevor Lawrence is cooking he's playing at a good pace he's like I said the connection with Zay Jones was real and enough to move the ball down the field Travis Etienne left the game um I think he came back and played on a limited basis I could be wrong on that but they expect him to play this upcoming week which is another you know they can keep the run game going they don't you know the defense can't solely focus on Trevor Lawrence and locking up his wide receivers, maybe double covering Zay Jones. ETN's another weapon out of the backfield catching passes. Um, and if Lawrence wants to use his legs, which we know he can run, um, this is a great matchup as well. The Lions are allowing the most rushing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. Granted, they've gotten scorched by Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, but um, Lawrence, I mean, he's got wheels and he can move. So maybe with without Christian Kirk, maybe a banged up ETN, maybe he's got to take off and run more, but I'm starting him pretty confidently this week as a definite top 10 guy with definite top five upside in this matchup. I'll just jump in here. I love the pick JB. The one thing I will say, and I don't, maybe I'm just a crazed man who thinks that Trevor Lawrence is uh, good, not great, but I do think he's going to have a great week this week. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown in five weeks. He runs the ball more than most think. Um, he Honestly, when he was running at his most there, he was averaging like 30 yards. And with no running back, if ETN's a little banged up, I can see Trevor Lawrence running the ball a lot. Um, Detroit, like you said, JB, gives up so many points. Jacksonville can score them as well. And the team's coming off a great win versus Baltimore. So I think both these teams are going to be fighting. Yeah, we can say Trevor Lawrence is sneaky fast. I think that's fair he's uh he just runs really efficiently you he know does. like his, he does and he's got a great strides, head on his shoulders oh yeah when that hair is flowing out the back you're like look at that freaking stallion running down the field these guys this guy's gait and trot it's beautiful it's beautiful all right jace let's flip it back around let me get your bust pause <laughs> mm, bad one <laughs> 
Isaiah Pacheco is my bust of the week because the Bengals, well, they already allow the 13th fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, but um, Jamar Chase is slated to be back for this one. Obviously, Max is boom of the week. Juju is going to see an uptick in his snaps after appearing in uh, this most previous week's game. And I feel like both teams are just going to try to boat race each other. And like I said earlier, the first team to try to commit to their run game is going to find themselves in the back seat. And uh, I just I really don't think Pacheco is going to have much of a role in this game. I think Andy Reid's going to put this one right on the back of Patty Mahomes and maybe Pacheco can punch one in if they, you know, Mahomes drops a pass that lands on the one yard line um, and then they need someone to punch one in. But otherwise, I don't think he's going to see probably over. If he finishes with eight carries, that wouldn't surprise me. This is coming off a week where he just saw 22. So um, you might feel, you, you know, Chiefs running back. You see the score from this past week. You might be tempted to start him. Do not get tempted. Move him to the bench and find someone else. 100%. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with my boom to your bust there. But Pause. boom, bust, Peter. You got to get your head out of the gutter, my guy. I like the pick a lot, JB. I do think your logic of if he's going to score, it's going to be like a one yard, like punch in. Even then I could see them doing like play action and throwing it to like Noah Gray or something wacky. Yeah. Like that. So, they always do that, man. They don't, they're so unconventional down there. Sometimes too unconventional. They'll have Noah Gray, like go in motion and take a QB sneak and punched in for all. Yeah, they know. It's right. crazy. Um, but he's going to have to break a long one or get a touchdown to be even relevant. I would look elsewhere. Good this is a Travi Patty wildcat game where he gets in the wildcat and, and just jumps in from the one-yard line. They're going to break out the Statue of Liberty, you know, that we used to break out and flag football. Oh, Mahomes yeah. going to hold that arm there, and then uh, Tony's going to come running behind and snag it from and run it in. I don't know. But, yeah, Pacheco, matchup looks good. There's going to be points scored, but, I mean, like I said, I, I see maybe eight carries. Hurts, hurts to have my Rutgers guy uh, on a – bus segment but i do think that he will not have the best possible week this week let's just hope that doesn't leave the door open for melvin gordon to sneak some some carries in moving forward but max actually no it goes back to me i'm gonna be very bold here i joked about it beforehand but i really do think this guy gets locked up because he gets it locked up by elite level cornerbacks justin jefferson is my bust of the week. Oh, famous last words. <laughs> I'm going to give you some alarming stats here. So when he has faced true number one cornerbacks in those defenses, he has had week two against Philly, hit eight points. Then the following week in Detroit, I believe Jeff Okuda was healthy that week, and he is good when he's out there, three points. And then he has been on a tear. And say what you want about Trayvon Diggs, he put that man in the mud with five points on 80% snap share. I look at the New York Jets defense, and I say they have two Pro Bowl caliber corners in DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. They have a former Pro Bowl safety in LaMarcus Joyner. That secondary is going to be bracketing him up and down the field and force the other people on that offense to kill them. I really don't see him getting more than 10 points. Famous last words, but yeah, I don't I, think he's going to have a good game. He might go for 100 now, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think, one, you're never benching Justin Jefferson. 
I think Peter's saying, you know, maybe tamper expectations. Maybe no, get some of them. I'm saying Bencham. I'm no. saying Bencham. <laughs> the JTS Jets, Jets, Jets march into Minnesota and shut him down. Man, I mean, he, this dude just played the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick <laughs> is notorious for bracketing number one wide receivers and shutting them down. And he just torched them for nine catches, 139 yards, and a touchdown. Like, this dude is in the Cooper Cup role right now and it is we've seen it with cooper cup himself when they're on the field they just get force fed the ball so much and the offense completely runs through them so if kirk cousins is at all competent in this game i think jefferson's probably going to scorch the earth and go over 100 again yes it, it really it comes down to kirk cousins if kirk cousins is feeling confident he's doing good he's playing good ball if kirk gets off to a bad start a couple interceptions here there isn't confident himself sure I can see the Justin Jefferson game that you're talking about, Peter. Um, but we've seen a lot of receivers in the NFL. I mean, we really have. We're young. We're 24. I guess we haven't seen that many. But Justin Jefferson is one of those guys that's just like, he's elite. He is a guy that you can't game plan against. Sauce Gardner, you still have to remember, is a rookie. He's played some good competition. Yes, he shut him down but he has not seen anything like Justin Jefferson. I really don't think so. So Diggs isn't like Justin Jefferson? No. Hold on. Okay, Diggs isn't like Justin Jefferson. What about Tyreek Hill? He held Tyreek Hill and Jalen Water under 45 yards each. Tyreek Hill is pretty one-dimensional. I, I think, I mean, even if those guys are the same caliber, the way that Justin Jefferson is yeah. used is literally, I mean – when you watch the Rams last year while that was happening and it's like, God, Cooper cup gets the ball every play and he's always wide open. That system is directly transferred and it's the schemes are so Justin Jefferson centric. I mean, they move him around all over the place inside, outside. It is, I would never, I mean, Justin Jefferson, I think I just counted has six finishes as the wide receiver four or higher. And he's been the wide receiver one on the week twice this season. Like, I just matchups don't even matter for me for him. Honestly, he's, he's yeah. as bulletproof as it gets. Knowing you though, Peter and how you call boom and bust, it probably yeah. will hit. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, my bust is going to be none other than Devin Singletary Thursday night. You know, I don't like the Thursday night games because if you have a stinker, it could really affect you. It could um, Devin Singletary at new England. I think that bill is obviously just a defensive mastermind, right? But I just don't see them running the ball that much. I think that Diggs will be able to do it versus the New England secondary. I think Josh Allen with his legs, Gabe Davis. I can even see Dawson Knox getting pretty involved there. Um, but I just don't see them running the ball that much. And I think Devin Singletary, it's going to have to be a touchdown for him to have a decent game. He has gotten less and less work in the passing game. I don't know. I don't like it. It just doesn't feel good to me, and especially because it's Thursday night. If you haven't seen it out there, there is fact that there is a virus going around the Bills locker room right now. Yeah. But there Not are rumors good. that Bill Belichick unleashed it on them. So, <laughs> typical Bill tactic, getting them ready for Thursday night. So I wouldn't mm. put too much in any of the Bills players, Cohen, to Foxborough for this game. He sent them all a bunch of old ass clam chowder that's been just sitting around in room temperature, can wide open. And it's a, yeah, here's a taste of New England before you get here. And now they're all sick. But um, I will say with Singletary, he's he's been pretty solid this year, but it's because that the 
you know, that offense moves the ball down the field so fast. And sometimes it only takes him a play to get down to the, the five yard line with uh, Josh Allen's deep ball, but you know, his arm is definitely hurting. We saw him come back and win that game last week, but we saw him struggle a lot uh, prior to that big last play with dig uh, hooking up with digs for the field goal. Um, but, you know, Bill Belichick, he's really good at shutting people down and, you know, whatever that team's biggest strength is, he really does his best to combat that and lock that down and make them go to plan B. And I do think Devin Singletary getting back involved in the passing game could be that plan B. So in a full PPR, I think he could maybe if he racks up three, four catches and some yardage on the ground and some yardage in the area, you know, he gets you 11 points. But I, I really think he's going to be hard pressed to find the end zone. So I would definitely be looking elsewhere if I could just just find someone with some more upside because there's really not that much in this matchup in my opinion either all right that's gonna wrap up our show want to thank everybody for making it to the end again we hope you had a very happy thanksgiving with you and your family and as we approach the holiday season whatever you're celebrating just make sure you do something special for the people that you love this time of year try to go out of the way and show them that you really appreciate them and show that you really appreciate us by leaving a like or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We would appreciate it there. And give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y on Twitter. We are going to be doing a jersey giveaway for not the fantasy playoffs, but the actual NFL playoffs. So get ready, get ready to get those retweets in. And maybe Super Producer will put out a poll of a couple potential positions for the jersey we might spice it up and make a different player we've done wide receivers we've done running backs maybe we'll do a tight end or a quarterback this time we'll see which one you would like more but that's going to wrap it up for the show any final parting thoughts yeah i mean peter you said do something for someone that you love peter i love you as a host oh none other than for you to come in first place in no leagues this year so peter Love you, man. I hope you come in. You're the first loser in all the leagues that you play, and so second place. It's true. Second place, first loser. I, I'm of that mentality. Yeah, Later. a random thought here about uh, giving out to people for anyone that bets on baseball. The Blue Jays are plus 1,400 to go to the World Series. Throw five bucks on that. I'm telling you, that's incredible value that if you follow along with baseball, I think that's a worthy investment. Random thought, just had to throw it out there to anyone that bets. Uh, that'll take us to the end of the episode. Again, wanted to thank you. We'll see you all next week for episode number 69. Nice. Oh, nice. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.